This is a conspiracy channel. Tape 4. Welcome to the Hush Channel. This tape discusses the ending of the oldest known flood story. The elders listened to what Atrahesa said and called together carpenters and various other workers to assist in the building of their king's boat on the edge of the Euphrates riverbank. The rich men provided equipment and workers. The poor men provided their labor and carried the equipment. When the boat was sealed at its completion, pure animals were brought to it and a few were slaughtered and prepared for food. The rest of the cattle, sheep, and birds were stored on board for their king's journey. Satisfied that his boat was built in time, Atrahesa then threw a huge feast for the city of Sharapuk to celebrate and there was an abundance of food and drink for everybody. While the citizens of Sharapuk were eating and drinking, Atrahasis could not sit still and was constantly moving between the bowl and the feast. He was guilt-ridden, upset and heartbroken with what he had done and also what was about to occur. Atrahasis was sickened to the extent that he was vomiting bile. Knowing what was about to happen, Atrahasis gathered up his family members and brought them on board as the weather slowly started changing. With the livestock and his family safely on board, Atrahasis cut the mooring ropes and returned to the boat. He climbed on board and closed the main door and with buckets of pitch, he sealed the boat from the inside. As commanded, a dad caused the weather to roar in the clouds and the gods could hear the noise from their safe space. While the winds roared and raged, the storm cut into the dikes, breaking them like clay pots. The uncontrollable flood then rushed out over the people like an army of water. The sun was blacked out by the storm and the wind screamed like an eagle. In the complete darkness of the storm and in the onslaught of water, nobody could recognize each other in the catastrophe. There bodies of men, women, and children floated on the water. Watching this happen, Enki was extremely upset and beside himself to see the death of his beloved people and turned to his sister Ki, saying, Birth goddess, creator of mankind and his destiny, you have assisted with this destruction of all people. Ki was so scared and also upset as she wailed and gnawed on her lips in agony, waiting, thirsty, and hungry for the storm to end. Weeping, Ki spoke, saying, Let the day grow dark and let it turn to gloom. How did Enlil convince me to agree with him and the other gods to help with this annihilation? Was Enlil so strong that he forced me to agree to this? Did he make my speech confused? No, it is of my own doing. My children that I created are dead because of me and I've made no effort to save them as they wash up upon the shores like dead dragonflies. Due to this, and my choice to remain silent, I now have to live in grief regretting this for the rest of my days. Shall I go and live with Anu in heaven in a house that has everything I need? Where has Anu gone, the chief decision maker of his sons that heeded his every command? Inadvertently, by giving them this control he brought the flood on himself. He continued to wheel and other gods joined her and also wheel for their land. Uncomfortable and huddled together, Ki longed for the taste of beer again, and like the other gods was suffering from hunger and had lips agonizing with thirst for seven days and seven nights. The great Anunnaki gods sat, huddled together, thirsty, scared, and with pains of hunger they waited the storm out. When the seventh day had passed, the earth fell silent, but the sun came out. Here in the silence, Atrahasis removed some of the pitch and opened a small window on the top of his 
sealed boat, and the brilliance of the sun shone in. And he then took a raven and released it through the small opening and waited. It did not return. Slowly, the occupants of the boat felt the waters receding, and the boat stopped moving, gently settling on firm land amongst some mountains. After waiting for further movement, and when convinced there was not any, King Atrahasis dropped open the main door of his sealed vessel and let the animals and his family out. Safely on dry land, they all took deep breaths of fresh air and relaxed, enjoying the warmth of the sun on their skin. Thankful for his Lord Enki's help, Atrahasis organized the slaughter of one of the cattle and prepared a burnt offering to his god. The smell of the cooked meat filled the air and the gods were drawn to it like flies. Obviously, some of the gods were within smelling distance of the cooking meat, meaning they were likely inside the hollows of the earth and inside the cave systems of the mountains and even in the waters themselves. In the account of Unaptishim, on the seventh day, Unaptishim sent a dove out to see if the water had receded, and the dove could find nothing but water, so it returned. Then Unaptishim sent out a swallow, and just as before, it returned, having found nothing. Finally, Unaptishim sent out a raven, and the raven saw that the waters had receded, so it circled around but did not return. Utnatushim then set out all the animals free and made a sacrifice to the gods. When the gods had eaten their fill, Ki got up and addressed the great Anunnaki, blaming them for the catastrophe, saying, Whatever came over Anu to agree to Enlil's plan of devastation and agree to the destruction of mankind? What kind of decision-maker, instead of sorting out a problem situation, chooses to rather resolve it by annihilation? The happy faces of our children are now gone forever. He again blamed King Anu in front of the other gods. She obviously understands her brother in lils character. This sounds like a personal escape plan to help clear her own conscience for not supporting Enki initially. Enki quietly went down to the water's edge and seeing the bodies of his people on the shore, he wept in sorrow with the carnage Enlil had caused. He slowly moved to join her brother. Turning to the watching gods, she said, Enki's pain is also mine and from now on my destiny is as his and I will wear a dragonfly pendant around my neck forever to remind me of this. It was then that Enlil and his father Anu arrived. Seeing Atrahasis's boat, Enlil was furious with the other gods. In a furious day, he addressed them shouting, We the Anunnaki gods had an agreement and made an oath. How did this life escape from and survive the catastrophe? Anu then spoke up and answered Enlil, Who but Enki would do this and disclose the order? Seeing there was no getting out of the situation and still very upset and angry, Enki aggressively jumped up and shouted back at Enlil. Yes, it was me who defied you all and decided to preserve life. Punish me as you will, but I have made a conscious decision and have vented my feelings to you. Where is the logic of killing everything that lives? Yes, it was me who saved mankind, and I did it to save not only them, but also for your sakes. Feeling the power of his brother's wrath and fearing that Enki would be supported by the other gods, Enlil relaxed and backed down. At the time, Enlil did not know if Enki, Ki, and the other Anunnaki had previously made some agreements and had discussions before he and Anu arrived, so Enlil was careful about how he responded to Enki. When Enlil did respond, Enlil wanted to know if the goddess Ki agreed with Enki, and then he proceeded to say that if Ki agrees with Enki, he would be glad to go along with whatever Ki decides. Enki then turns and addresses his sister, and with a softened voice, said, Ki, you are the birth goddess. 
the creator of destinies of the people and of all the gods, whatever you now say will be made so. I feel we should make a bond between heaven and earth, and also make Enlil swear to behold it as he made us swear to his oath. Nodding in agreement, Key sprung up and immediately drew a circle pattern on the ground and some spilt flour. Adding a heaped mound onto it in the center of the circle, she instructed Enlil to stand on it and swear a bond between heaven and earth. True to his word and without question, Enlil stood on the heaped flower in the circle and swore to uphold the bond between heaven and earth never again to harm the people of the land with another great flood. He also included his own addition, adding that the Anunnaki and Gigi will never be again allowed to cohabit and breed with the children of the humans. He then added that amongst the people, one third of the women born will be sworn to priestesshood and serve the temples of the gods as priestesses and high priestesses. These priestesses will be respected by all and it will be unacceptable by law for a man to interfere with them. The majority of the classes of priestesses will also remain childless. And if any children be born from them, those children shall be considered nameless and without a family name. He also said that there should be amongst the people a woman that snatches a female baby from the woman who bear children out of wedlock without a husband. This woman will then introduce the infant girl to a high priestess where she will be trained from birth to become a priestess herself. He finally added, that the terrible story of the Great Flood and the survival of the human race should be written down to be remembered forever and enthusiastically, praised in song and verse for all to hear. In the Sumerian version, Enlil rewards Ziasudra, aka Noah, with immortality, I suppose to make amends. Now, in theory, King Atrahasis... Noah made his own bonds to heaven to ensure the survival of his descendants, mankind, us. A bond to manipulate the truth of certain details of mankind's creation and the flood story. A bond to make sure Enlil was seen as the hero so that mankind would not collectively anger Enlil again because the next time Enlil would likely be able to completely annihilate our species out the face of the planet. This is perhaps why now Enlil is revered as Yahweh and why Enki is called Satan. Despite the fact that the Sumerians called Enlil Satan and Enki Yahweh, you even see discrepancies in the Bible when you look at it from an objective point of view. Despite Enki being the one whose name translates to Yahweh, at the end of the story, weights and measures were made so that mankind could stay in Enlil's favor since Enlil is the entity who was given domain over the entire earth and all its contents and Anunnaki entities. And Enlil is the brother with the power to extinguish mankind from the face of the earth. So even though Enlil is the entity originally entitled Satan, Enlil became known as Biblical Yahweh. Enki was not evil or a troublemaker. Enki simply wanted equality and was willing to stick his neck out to make that happen. With this, the creation of the Holy Trinity was created to cover up the fact that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are really a new Enki and Enlil. And these three entities have completely different personalities and ways as you can tell by the story, which is why the merciless God of the Old Testament can be seen as a very strict evil God because the majority of the Old Testament is about Enlil's actions. If you notice, nobody was damned or imprisoned to hell here. They went back to the original structure of things. If their domain was in the abyss, they returned to the abyss and so forth. The Bible was not written until the Jews were 70 years into Babylonian captivity. Babylon had not 
yet been captured. So they still practiced the worshiping of the Anunnaki gods. They were a civilization that was spearheaded by Nimrod. And while Enlil spearheaded their pantheon of deities in Babylon, they would prove more faithful to other deities who were more favorable to their needs and their existence. This is why the authors of the Old Testament are debatable. Certain figureheads like Moses, for example, could not have written the Torah if he was long dead by the time of Babylonian captivity when the Bible was written. And the Bible holds too many parallels to the Babylonian creation story to dispute the Jews assimilating the narratives of Babylon to fit into their own culture while being in the land of Babylon and being forced into converting and worshiping the gods of Babylon which was a part of Mesopotamia. Not to mention that Babylon which was once Sumeria was the initial cradle of civilization. So everything sprouted from there after the flood. Meanwhile the story of Jesus in the New Testament is about Enki once again coming down amongst the humans to try to save them from certain doom this time called the apocalypse which would be by fire and Lord did say not to destroy the earth by a great flood he never said anything about anything else so there's a stark contrast between the God of the Old Testament and Jesus yet they are supposed to be one in the same nothing is new under the sun Jesus like Enki did many water blessings which is considered Anunnaki ability of sorcery is considered blessings in the Bible Jesus was a fisherman and to this day is symbolized by not the cross but the ichthus fish symbol. Enki is depicted as a merman and his symbols the chimera, the fish, the goat, the goatfish. Similarities but he is also the lord of the underworld or what is known as the abyss which is the deep waters and what is in water? Fish. Enki is Jesus. Jesus walked with humanity. Enki and these narratives walked with humanity. And Lil had a distant relationship with humanity. He was on the throne. He was of a superior status to the point other Anunnaki gods of lesser ranking could not even talk to him face to face. Which is why he was repulsed when the Gigi personally came to him to express their grievances. And Lil is the prince and the lord of the earth and the air. And Enki is the prince and the lord of the abyss. But Enki serves as an intermediary between Enlil and humanity, and between Anu and humanity. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no man cometh unto the Father, but by me. Enki is not a troublemaker. He will do work on behalf of Enlil to get humans to appease and heed Enlil's law to prevent seeing us destroyed again. Many do not study demonology or how to properly perform an exorcism, but the correct way is to call on whatever figure in your religion or belief system is the assimilated name of Enki, as he is the lord of the creatures of the abyss and what we call demons. In Christianity, calling on the name of God is not enough to exorcise a demon. Jesus is. It is akin to being the lord or king of a land. If you say you are doing something in the name of the king, the subjects must oblige, no matter who they are, even if the king is not present himself. You were sent on his behalf, you have his seal, his name. The same thing applies here. The demons are Enki's subjects. Jesus' subjects, they must oblige. In the past, Enki did the same thing as Jesus did in the New Testament when he saved mankind from the plagues and droughts and Lil sent, and then eventually saved mankind from the flood. Jesus came to save mankind kind from the ultimate punishment of fire and this is why the new testament begins with enki as jesus and ends with prophecies of enlil causing all hell to break loose on humans as punishment for their sins once again so in theory king atrahasis also known as noah set it up this way so that mankind could just unquestionably revere enlil and do what enlil says because ultimately even if you agree that enki is the entity that is kinder to mankind it is enlil who can and will wipe mankind out it is enlil who has the ultimate position 
have authority. So to basically keep his own descendants from potentially repeating history again and getting obliterated off the face of the planet, of course it would make sense for Noah to make such arrangements as to manipulate the truth of what happened prior to the flood in a way that pits Elil as a protagonist to ensure that his descendants do not know the truth because if they did, they would naturally demonize Enlil and appease Enki and history would repeat itself. Noah trying to cover up the way of the old is evident in Jubilees when Noah's grandson, Canaan, from Shem's Aparksha lineage, found some stone tablets that survived the flood that were inscribed with the teachers of the Watchers, also known as the Fallen Angels and the Anunnaki. These teachers were of knowledge of astrology and astronomy and how to manipulate them and use them to your advantage. Canaan wrote this information down and did not tell Noah because he was afraid Noah would be angry at him. Because obviously Noah wanted the things of the past to be left in the past for a reason. It is because of Canaan's transgression, however, that he is left out of Shem's lineages in the Bible as if he did not even exist. People do not even understand what their god and gods even are. People do not understand that their gods have origins, backstories. They cannot see their gods outside of perfection. Nor do they want to. So everything religious is just generally accepted. People are programmed from childhood into these religions. And the world's rat race nature rips them from the time it would require to even care and question or research what they've grown up on. The fact is, no matter whether you believe this story or not, the fact that our gods descended down onto this planet from elsewhere means that they are not terrestrial. They are extraterrestrial. They are aliens. And before you call me some satanic, crazy, antichrist following, blasphemous, heathen, I do side on the side of common sense and reason. It is self-preservation. It is natural. It is human. I can only understand that logically I get why the elites and our forefathers wanted to keep this hidden for the same reasons that Noah did. Because emotionally, you want to throw in Lil and whoever he is in your religion to the side and just worship whoever Enki is in your religion. But there is a method to the madness. And ultimately, Ultimately, if too many of us do that, we will only cause more harm than good to our entire species. History will repeat itself and perhaps it has already begun to. Two things can be true at the same time. I can understand that the one we call Yahweh now is not perfect and leans more on the side of cruel, sociopathic, and narcissistic. However, I can't understand that we as a society must still not anger him too much to prevent the extinction of homo sapiens ourselves. End of take four.